If you're just joining us, this is the Tech Mobility Show. We're talking about the horrific destruction on the Hawaiian island of Maui. It's going to take years to rebuild. And even now, the final count on the loss of life isn't final. So why did this happen? And this is topic B. Just follow me for a minute. I'm going to try to lead you through this. There's a lot to get through and there's a lot to unpack. We're not going to get to it all. But I'm going to start with two words and then I'm going to explain myself. Climate change. I know. It's a drumbeat. You hear a lot on this show and you hear it over and over and I'm sure you're sick of it. But it's having real impact. Here's what happened. Hurricane passed south of the island just prior. The challenge with the hurricane is even if you're not in the hurricane, you generate a lot of winds. It's been a dry season in Hawaii. This, for the record, is not, not, and I repeat, not generated by volcanic activity. Because at first blush, you said, oh, it's just another volcano. And you've seen the pictures of parts of the island where you, you got an active volcano, which causes a fire and takes communities out. That's not this. This is a case of dry weather, extreme winds, and while there's going to be a lot of investigation, preliminary investigations may point to transmission lines on the island by the public utility, which may have sparked and actually started this fire. And if so, Hawaiian Electric is going to be on the hook for millions of dollars, not to mention lawsuits galore, if in fact that's the case. As of this report, the blaze, the deadliest American wildfire in more than 100 years, claimed 96 lives. And unfortunately, and I'm sorry, I'm sure that number will have gone up by the time you hear this. Residents are bracing for a much higher death toll. And right now, already, they estimate that the rebuild will be $5 billion. There's a lot of investigation that will be going on in the days and weeks to come. But here's what I want to turn your attention to. They had warning. First question that came up. Should, should Hawaiian Electric have cut power in West Maui when conditions became too dangerous? The winds were up. Hawaiian Electric had even in prior years, in the last three to four years, had dispatched drones along the transmission lines to be on the lookout for such things. They should have had a plan in place, what the Public Utilities Commission said, to shut down power ahead of 60 mile an hour winds that downed energized lines and came in contact with dry brush, a recipe for what happened. There were red flags two to three days in advance, said a former member of the Hawaii Public Utilities Commission. In her nearly five years as a member of that commission, nobody introduced the topic of an emergency shutoff protocol. Even if downlines don't cause a fire, they could be a deadly hazard for people trying to evacuate. There was one road in and out of that town. One. And part of that road was blocked because of that very thing. Energized down power lines that you could not get past. You've seen the pictures of burned out cars. A lot of the people who perished, this fire moved so fast, they were trying to get out and got consumed in their vehicles trying to escape. It was that quick. Here's something you didn't know. There are 80 sirens in Maui County alone, the majority of which are 
located in coastal areas and typically associated with possible tsunami and hurricane warnings. Now, you heard where they did not hear the sirens. People counter and say, well, just sounding the siren doesn't warn the people that it's a fire for all they know it could be a hurricane or a tsunami. Good point. Another group countered and said, this fire moves so fast, it may very well have knocked out the infrastructure to even operate these things, even if they could. So you have that. They did, because I want you to be clear here, the state did send out 15 alerts Tuesday using its integrated public alert and warning system, which sends users mobile alerts in emergency situations. However, they feel that the fire moves so quickly that it likely impeded cell reception. So there's that. But remember I said earlier they had warning? An investigation, as they're looking at this, may also examine whether officials ignored growing wildfire risk. Maui is prone to wildfires. And officials warned the Lahaina was at unique risk according to a 2014 wildlife protection plan for the area written by Hawaii Wildlife Management Organization, a nonprofit that works with government agencies. They warned that Lahaina was among Maui's most fire-prone areas because of its proximity to parched grasslands, steep terrain, and frequent winds. While some of their recommendations were implemented, other steps such as ramping up emergency response capacity had been stymied by a lack of funding, logistical hurdles and rugged terrain, and competing priorities. When are we going to take this stuff seriously? Why does it have to take loss of life for us to go, oh yeah, we probably should have got with the program. Climate change is real, whether you like it, accept it or not. It has real consequences for real people. And this was a perfect storm of a lot of things happening. High winds, dry conditions, a, a perhaps down power lines, which caused it to strike a limited way to evacuate and limited time because this moved so quickly. All the things that came together. And oh, yeah, one other thing. Lahaina, that part of Maui is inhabited by what they call non-native grasses. Now, if you're not clear why that's an issue, obviously, uh, brush and grasses and things that are native to the island would have been more resistant to what just happened. Native grasses dry out and they are not. They don't have any of that defense built in, which means they just become tinder which was exactly what happened and fed the fire. It's unfortunate. It really is. Yet, local authorities said in the aftermath of the destruction that though they knew wildfires were becoming more frequent in Hawaii, they were not prepared for the one to roar through Lahaina. Climate change. Climate change a multitude of mitigation measures that they laid out 10 years ago. Some of these things included thinning vegetation in near populated areas, improving wildfire response capabilities, and working with landowners and utilities to help reduce fire risk on their property. Competing priorities. It is one of these things that happens, uh, particularly in municipalities, when you've got various situations clamoring for resources and you have limited resources 
The question is, that might have been for Maui, but where was the state of Hawaii through all of this? One other thing I want to point out. The, the utility looked at wildfire mitigation, and it came to the Public Service Board, and they needed $189 million to mitigate this stuff. That request, even now, and that was about four years ago, is still pending. Why did it take so long? Why didn't they act on it? Why now we find this out? Why people had to die? It's unfortunate. It's inexcusable. And we got to do better. We absolutely got to do better than this. Nobody should have to die because we're not prepared. Truck driver shortage. Recruit more women, right? This is the Tech Mobility Show. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Ken Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. days everybody wants to be social and we're no exception hi i'm ken chester host of the tech mobility show we get to share additional content that you won't find on the show facebook instagram twitter and even tiktok yeah we're there you can find us at tech mobility pod on twitter and at the tech mobility show everywhere else check us out be sure to follow us Believe it or not, the Tech Mobility Show has a website. Yep. Combined with all the other ways you can interact with us, our website is a great place to start. Learn more about the host, find us in the news, and even check out where you can hear our programs across the country on the radio. I know, right? Our website is a great place to learn more about us and our programming. Go to techmobility.show for more information. 